morning world. So I had a really crazy night last night. For the second night in a row, I was not able to get any sleep. A couple days ago, I had my daughter to our local children's hospital. She has a VP shunt. She was born with a condition called hydrocephalus and golden heart syndrome, which is an extremely rare craniofacial disorder. Um, she also has autism. She's my child that's on the spectrum. And that day was her craniofacial appointment. And she's been complaining about her hands tingling and headaches. And so I made sure I let them know that when we got there. And they, her plastic surgeon is amazing. And he's always gone above and beyond for her ever since she was a baby. And he called up to neurosurgery and they squeezed her in for an appointment. Um, and so hydrocephalus is when you have an excess amount of fluid on your brain. A lot of people are aware of the condition and a lot of people aren't. Um, she was born with, a with something called aqueductal stenosis in her brain, which was a blockage causing the fluid to build up in her brain so they had to go in and put a shunt in that it has a valve on it and a tubing system that runs down her neck down the front of her chest and into her abdomen where the fluid drains where normally that just happens for most people but for someone with hydrocephalus they need that mechanism in there to keep them alive so there's a lot that can go wrong with shunts they're not they're one of the more imperfect devices in the medical community um, there's been advances, but when she had hers nine years ago, um, it was just the VP shunt. And so it has a valve and everything, but it can malfunction. It can get plugged up. It can get kinked. It, most people's shunts don't last their entire life. Um, the, most people with hydrocephalus do need a neurosurgery, a shunt revision at some point in their life when that tubing grows out or there's a malfunction. Well, our issue is she has severe autism. So her communication skills are not consistent and it's very hard to read the signs of shunt failure when, when she can't communicate things consistently to me. So when she does say something's wrong, I take it very seriously and, um, just the complaints about the tingling in the hands and the headache, that was something that I felt like I should make her doctors aware of. So they fit her in and they did a CT scan and an x-ray to get a good look at her shunt and see if all the devices intact, if there's any kinks and everything. Lo and behold, hours and hours later, came back okay. Um, there was nothing they could physically see wrong with it. There's still some other things they want to do, like search for a pseudocyst, which is apparently some kind of, uh, in the distal end of the shunt in her, in her abdomen, there can be like a cyst that forms that blocks the drainage and causes increased intracranial pressure of the cerebral spinal fluid. So that is something that they can't really see on an x-ray. So they want to get an ultrasound of her abdomen still yet. And they also want to get an eye exam and look at the optic nerve in the back of her eye to see if it's inflamed, to see if it's 
swollen because if it is, that's a very, very good indicator of intracranial pressure um, and shunt failure. So she's still not completely in the clear and it's really been stressing me out and I've been losing a lot of sleep because it's, you know, it's a natural instinct as a mother to worry about things like that. So I've been doing a lot of yoga and just trying to de-stress as much as possible. But at the end of the day, when you lay your head down on that pillow, as a parent of a child that has a medical issue, that stuff just creeps right back up on you. And there's not really any way to shut that out. And it causes a lot of sleep deprivation type issues. And I think not a lot of people really talk about it because we're always told, you know, God won't give you anything you can't handle and you're so strong and so on and so forth. <clears throat> but until you really go through something like that, you don't understand how truly strong you have to be or how truly strong the person who's going through it has to be. And like, I feel guilty for for feeling bad for myself about not getting sleep because I'm not going through anything like what she's going through. It's just, it's a vicious cycle and I think a lot of people don't talk about it. And hydrocephalus is something that I would like to raise awareness about because as many... There's been as many people who I've talked to about it who don't know what it is as people who do know what it is. So just be cognizant of the fact that, you know, some people that have hydrocephalus, you can't even tell by looking at them. Um, a lot of people who have hydrocephalus have developed neurotypically or with very little developmental delays. So... Grace is unique in that she also has autism and she has Golden Heart Syndrome. Now, Golden Heart Syndrome gives her a slight susceptibility to mental handicaps and developmental delays. And that compiled with her severe autism with the hydrocephalus. She has some dysplasia, some brain damage from when she was born. The fluid was so built up in her brain that the neurosurgeon explained to me and showed me on the scan that her brain tissue was compressed paper thin. So there was some dysplasia or brain damage on the right side of her brain. I had several neurologists explain to me that the mind works like a filing cabinet. So if there's a part of your brain that doesn't work properly, a lot of times other parts of your brain will pick, pick up the slack for that part of your brain. And um, so that made me feel better, but it's really hard. And I've, I've talked to several doctors and her teams about what's causing what, and it's just really impossible to tell because she has autism, she has hydrocephalus and she has golden heart syndrome. So it's hard to exactly dissect that and figure out what each thing is causing a developmental delay to what extent and so I've learned to just kind of accept it and not really read too much into it 
Now, her neurosurgeon, when she was born, did say she would be blind and she would most likely never walk. At the age of two, she started walking. Um, her vision at her last ophthalmology appointment has actually improved, which is awesome considering the fact that due to her autism, she refuses to wear glasses. That's just something that we've worked on and it's just not, not in the cards for her. So I'm really thankful that her vision's improving and that she is able to see and that she is able to walk as much as she struggles and has other issues. The fact that she's overcome so much is truly inspiring to anyone and it should be and I'm thankful to have her in my life she is by far the strongest person I have ever met in my life and I am so proud of her so just going through that the other day because sometimes we have bouts where like it'll be like a year or two and she won't have really any complaints about her shunt she'll have headaches here and there but and then something like what just happened will come up and there's that fear, that same fear as when she was born of, is something going wrong? Am I going to lose her? My biggest fear as a mother, I'm a mother of three, but my biggest fear as a mother in general is to lose one of my children for any reason. And my second biggest fear is what will happen to my children when I'm gone. I mean, Everybody has some control over that to an extent, but also, on another note, they don't. They just, you know, expect that other family will take care of them. When you have a child with special needs, you wonder, you know, further down the road, what would happen if they will end up in some institution that, where they could are subject to mistreatment and so on and so forth and that is a huge fear of mine and so I need to work on getting her set up with some kind of program that I feel comfortable with for further down the road in the event that no family members are able to take care of her which she has two younger brothers and I have a feeling they will make sure she's taken care of but um, which makes me feel a lot better you know, there's been people who have frowned upon me for, because my, she's my oldest. My other two kids are five and one, and she's nine. So <clears throat> a lot of people have frowned upon me for having subsequent kids after having a child with so many medical um, issues. But at the end of the day, it was my life, my choice, and I feel like she would be lost without her brothers, and I feel like I would be lost without my sons and it's made our family stronger we have a very strong bond she talks about no one more than she talks about my middle son that is her favorite person and she's really really starting to warm up to her youngest brother and I think that they are going to have her back and I trust that they will make sure I don't expect them to drop their lives and be her caretaker but I, I believe that they will make sure that she is being properly taken care of. And I trust that. So that makes me feel good. And I know they'll do awesome, great things with their lives because they've grown up in an environment where they've seen someone go through the things that she's gone through. And I feel like it has made them stronger and it will continue to make them stronger people. And I feel like it makes them better people because of 
her strength just kind of resonates throughout our entire family. And we would all do anything for her. So the past couple nights losing sleep was just really tough on me because the first night I lost sleep, I got about four hours of sleep. And then last night I got about two hours of sleep. And that's just not enough for me to function, especially after a day at Children's Hospital where we're running back and forth to, to doctors and going through that amount of stress and worry and concern and the drive there and the drive back. We live a good hour and a half from the, the hospital that we take her to. It was just a lot. And, you know, I, I expected to come home and just that night and just sleep well and sleep like a rock and the subsequent night sleep like a rock and, and the absolute opposite happened and it just caught me off guard. So this morning, you know, I was dragging ass, taking the kids to the bus and making sure that they had what they need and got where they needed to be. And I hate mornings like that because I feel like your kids can just pick up on your energy. If you're tired, if you're grumpy, whether you try to hide it or not, they can pick up on your quality of energy. And I, I feel like this morning I did a less than desirable job with my energy that I put out. Um, I tried my hardest, but it was, it was tough. And I don't think enough stay-at-home parents give themselves enough credit for how hard we work. And it's not just about, you know, laying on the couch all day. It's not just about watching TV or doing your own thing it's about keeping order within the home and keeping structure within the kids lives and i don't think that we receive enough credit for what we do i don't think that everybody really views it as what it is so I just wanted to check in this morning because I'm feeling quite isolated and quite alone because I'm going through some pretty unique stuff that most people don't really go through. And I just, this actually started out as I wanted to do like a, like a recorded verbal journal of my thoughts and feelings that I feel every day because I feel like they're important and I feel like I'm worthy of being heard. So I originally was just going to make a journal, but it's turned into, it's easier to streamline everything if I put it on some kind of podcast or some kind of uh, app or something that just kind of streamlines everything for me. So I'm not necessarily looking for viewers. It would be nice to be heard and have someone listen to my story and my life. But if that does not happen, then I'm perfectly fine with that because I just really want to get it all out and say it because I feel like I hold so much in and I it's unhealthy and it's not productive to who I'm trying to be as a person. I'm not much for writing. I'm not much for shorthand. I'm not much for uh, typing. I would rather just say my thoughts because I feel like anything in between me and my thoughts can interject and give me room to edit and criticize and I'm just I feel like this is the right outlet for me so thank you if you are listening to this and 
I hope you have a great day.